Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another edition of the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM, channel 145, Slam Radio. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, joining us. Uh, we got a, a good show tonight. We got a, a couple great guys, a couple special guests. We got North Fresh Ross I'm up in the very, very north part of our country up there in Alaska. <laughs> and uh, we also got Paul from Scoop on the U. Great guys, great entertainment. Obviously, you guys can follow Paul on Scoop on the U. Uh, him and Ross do a great thing as far as, you know, checking in on recruiting and pretty much everything, you know, University of Miami football. And obviously here on the Kane Gang, that's what we do. So, um, Ross, so first and foremost, man, obviously, you know, we've been tweeting it out. Uh, we have kind of a new gig that we're going to kind of embark on. Um, obviously, you know, podcasting and national radio is really nothing new for me or for you as well. Uh, so t- talk to me a little bit about what we got going on. Tell the world, tell the Twitter world, what, what we got going on here eventually. Yeah, man, we're going to be doing, um, you know, specifically our main target will be post-game shows for Mark Rogers, uh, Kane's channel. He's been doing this for quite a while now, so we're going to jump on there and do a couple different things, hopefully. Like I said, post-game is going to be the main priority, but be on the lookout. There's going to be some other stuff coming during the week as well. Don't don't doubt it. <laughs> we're going to make it happen. <laughs> you know, obviously, again, um, we just found out that we actually have a name for the post-game show. Obviously, Ross and Jordan Nelson um, and myself, uh, um, we're going to be doing the post-game. Uh, Ross will be kind of in charge of that show. Uh, Jordan Nelson kind of, you know, helping him. And then I'm just going to be the third wheel. You know, I'm like that little the basket that hangs out on the back seat of the bike, you know, just kind of, you know, following along with, with that show. But from my understanding, it's going to be called Coast to Coast, uh, Coast to Coast Canes um, uh, with the voice of college football with Mark Rogers. So, I'm excited about it, man. Obviously, another platform to be able to talk University of Miami, um, another platform to be able to just to share the plethora of knowledge that we all have here uh, moving forward. Post games are going to be a little difficult for me, you know, Ross, like I told you. Um, obviously, being at, you know, every every home game and probably 90% of away games, I'll have to tune in like on the latter part of the show. But uh, definitely excited about that. Now, Paul, obviously, you guys got something brewing. You, you and Fresh over there um, – dial into a lot of recruiting you know obviously i'm one of those proponents who until they sign i don't really get too caught up in the recruiting process obviously it's nice to see where miami is kind of you know trickling right now got some big recruits over the last couple weeks which is exciting right i mean obviously the last couple years miami's always been known as that decommitment you because obviously we get a lot of commitments and then our season kind of kind of tails off and we kind of lose a lot of commitment talk to me about what's going on on the show and uh you know talk to me about that bud yeah, so you know me and Ross. Uh, I think it was actually around this time where he reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, if you need any help with the scoop on the U, man, uh, would love to assist in any way." And I kind of just sat there and kind of thought, like, you know, it was just me running the thing, and you know, I was like, you know, how can Ross help me out? And, and you know, I came up with the idea of like Canes After Dark, for example, or we just shoot at nighttime and we have random people, the fan base, and you say whatever you want, positive, negative about the program. If you don't like this person this coach you can say it you know it's it's you can say whatever you want there's no nothing 
uh, controlling, you know, the show. So, you know, we came up with that idea and it's been, became a great success. I mean, our last show that we recorded, I think it was, was it Sunday or Monday? We did a Canes after dark show. It hit 4.1 K right now. Wow. Um, so we're just grateful for all those views and, you know, everyone who's uh, subscribed to the channel, you know, hitting 4.1 K views is something I could have never imagine either Ross and, you know, we're just grateful for everyone uh, supporting us. And Ross has done an outstanding job with recruiting and developing relationships, you know, with these high school football players. We've had guys like Anthony Lucas, Snoop Amal. Um, we've had them all, man. So, you know, we've had a lot of great players. We're getting, we're going to have David Hicks on five-star class of 2023 on. Uh, soon we're going we're gonna to get Ruben Bain back on the show as well, who's another four-star recruit. Um, he's a star at Miami Central. So, man, it's really been a great ride with me and Ross. And we're just looking forward to uh, what he can accomplish with Co uh, Jordan on Mark Rogers and, you know, with the scoop on the U as well. That's good, man. Obviously, recruiting time is very prevalent, right? At the end of the day, like this is a time where it's going to be make or break. Obviously, you're going into our first game, which we're going to get into a little bit in a little bit. But High school football just started up. Obviously, last week was big, right? You know, we we saw some of our, you know, key kind of recruits, you know, or potential recruits. Um, you know, Ja'Cory Brown, he looked really good on in his classic, right? Obviously, they, you know, they went down and then he brought them back. You know, you look at uh, Miami Central, you just mentioned Miami Central, going all the way out to play Don Bosco out in Cali. Obviously, not the outcome. You look at IMG coming down and playing Heritage. Like, it's, it's finally big-time football starting at the high school level. Now, when you think of, like, Miami Central going to Don Bosco, what were you looking for with as far as people like Wesley Besaint and, and some other uh, some other guys out there? Paul, what were you looking for with some of the recruits from Miami? I think, you know, just making big plays. You know, I honestly did not watch the game a lot. You know, I think when you're competing with some of the best high school football programs in the nation, because I'll give you an example, Cole, like 2019 – I believe Miami Central, I could be wrong on this. They played St. Francis, a school out of Maryland. And St. Francis, I think it was a home game for Miami Central. They literally smacked them in the face. These are out-of-state schools that are very good. They're nationally ranked. And you're a local public school in Miami. You don't have the same funds. So can you compete on the same level? We right. talk, you know, Everybody remembers that game, Miami Northwestern, going against uh, South Lake Carroll in Texas. Yeah. Ja'Cory Harris. Well-funded private school, South Lake Carroll. Miami Northwestern comes in and upsets. I think they were like number one in the nation at the time, Texas. They hadn't lost the game in years. You know, that was a huge win. So I think you're looking, how can you compete at that elite level with other elite recruits? And, you know, I, I did not watch the game. I did not see the highlights. I was like literally in Europe during that time. Nice. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So like I, I'm just not going to watch the game, obviously. But, you know, I think those are just some things I would look out for. Yeah, no doubt. And then obviously, you know, being local down here, um, the IMG uh, Heritage game was kind of kind of a buildup. But you could just see, like Ross, you could see night and day how far IMG is ahead of potentially the best team in Broward County in American Heritage. And literally, they got handed it. I mean, they literally got handed. Uh, talk to me a little bit of what you saw, Ross, if you were able to catch some of that game and some of the people that were there for IMG and for Miami as far as potential recruits for Miami. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what, man. Um, I, I kind of figured it was going to be a little bit of a battle there. IMG is just, I mean, top to bottom. It's its just ridiculous. They've got so much talent. I mean, both sides of the ball. They're even too deep in a lot of areas already, which is just not normal for high school programs. Right. Um, 
I was a, you know, I, I was a little surprised at how kind of early it happened. I was thinking that maybe a little coaching might kind of help keep the game a little tighter in this, the beginning, but um, man, I mean, it just, uh, it just got kind of ugly kind of quick, you know, it, it really did. Um, I just don't, Cole, I really don't know if there's anybody that's going to be able to look decent against IMG. I, I just really don't know if it's going to happen. Do you think it's fair that there are schools like IMGs who can literally just, they just recruit whoever they want. It's kind of like the Alabama of high school football. I, I'm going to kind of put that a, a preference out there. Because you know, right now, Alabama can get who they want, right? I feel like IMG can get who they want. Go ahead, Paul, talk to me. And, you know, I mean, just to counter that, Co, like I completely understand what you're saying. They can get what, what whoever they want. They can go to a kid from California, their quarterback, A.J. Duffy. He's from California. I believe Jaleel Skinnery came from the state of South Carolina. Now they're both playing in Bradenton, Florida. You know, but IMG... I don't believe they can compete in the playoffs. So that's yeah, kind of a thing. Correct. Yeah, correct. I mean, you can run you can run the table through your regular season, but yeah, you, you can't make the playoffs, which is weird, right? Like, why would you want to put that preface on there and say, look, we're just going to play, you know, what does that do for your kids? Like, obviously, you can't be a state right. champion, all that stuff. So I, I don't know. And there was a good name that you just brought up about Jill Skinner. Like, there's a lot of hype around this kid, right? And, and again, obviously, you guys are huge recruits, you know, recruiting people. I do follow recruiting, but not to the extent of, hey, look, I'm going to live and die. I'm checking Twitter. I'm checking 24-7. I'm checking all these pages because at the end of the day, one little flip and the kid's going somewhere else, and I just wasted all this time worrying about some kid who never even came to Miami. Case in point, Romello Hype a couple years back, you know, all Miami, all Miami, all Miami, and all of a sudden goes to Auburn, right? So, you know, I don't want to put all my eggs in a basket and just get all hyped up and stuff like that. But, bro, there's literally grown men out there living and dying on what a 17 or 18 year old kid is doing. And I'm not going to be that guy. Let me just put it right there. So um, the kid Skinner, what's what's going on with him and where do you think potentially he ends up? I'll say it, man. Um, Him heading to IMG gave me a little concern. You know, we don't have the strongest uh, bond. It's hard. It's hard to call it a pipeline at a school like IMG because it's just, it's truly difficult to establish that kind of a, a repertoire with a team like that. Um, right. I, it, it's, it's, it's tough, man. I think it's really tough for these kids that, um, you know, they, they get ready for these games. They, they get hyped up. They get ready to battle against IMG, the big, bold, bad boys of the nation. And then just to get spanked, basically, as a, you know, a way to say it, it it's got to be tough on these kids, man. It, it has to be. I, uh, it, I, I think it's, I think it's kind of the way high school football is going to be, regardless if we all agree with it or not. But, man, it's got to be tough on some of these kids. I'm sure it can be demoralizing. Paul, do you think that that takes an effect on a kid, especially a young kid who, like, you know, Ross is saying, build up, build up, build up. And let's let's, let's preference this going into next week. Same thing with Miami going in Alabama. Look, you know you're the underdog. Now's the time. You're You're pretty much in game week mode, right? You're in game week prep. You know, you're game prepping. You're getting all – and Miami goes up there and gets beat by 30. How does that mentally? How does that make them feel? I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there, right? Because again, this is what we're talking about with the high school with IMG against say Heritage. I mean, IMG had five touchdowns called back on, them, or the game could have been completely blown out, right? So, like, you know, when you think about stuff like that, how does that affect? Like, again, you talk about young kids going up against the big bad powerhouse. How does that affect someone mentally? You know, I think it's just a humble experience, you know, because all you know, American Heritage Plantation. Look, I don't know who these kids are i'm not in their lives day to day but 
everybody knows they're the best team in South Florida. They're one of the best teams in Broward County. You know, it's American Heritage Plantation and St. Thomas Aquinas in Broward mm-hmm. County. You know, like they're, they're, I wouldn't say there's cockiness, you know, but they're in the spotlight. Everybody knows who Earl Little Jr. is. Everyone knows who Marvin Jones is. They're the best of the best. And then you play another team in the state of Florida and they smack you in the face at home. Yeah. You know, that's a humble pill to swallow. Right. And you can do two things. You can drown or you can grow from it and become right. a better team because it's the first game of the season. Nobody plays their best game the first game of the season. But, you know, how do you play the rest of the way is what really matters. And will you win the state title or not? Because I know that's the expectation at American Heritage Plantation is to win the state title every single year. So another thing that came out, I believe, yesterday, and again, you guys that are recruiting guys, not really me, but you look at someone like Kamari Wilson, who actually decides to give Miami an official. What what does that mean to Miami? Do you think that potentially is it Miami's is it Miami's kind of opportunity to lose him, or is it Miami's opportunity to gain him based on how they play this season? Ross, let me ask you that question first. I think we're still in a position where we're looking to gain him. Um, he he's a high level recruit who's getting attention from some of the best of the best of the best, and that will remain. He he just is that type of player. Um, getting that official visit though. It always means something, Cole. It absolutely does. And especially when we're talking about a secondary player now getting to come in and talk with T-Rob, a guy like that, bro. I mean, look at what he's done already. Mm -hmm. Anytime we get a guy to come on campus and get to actually be face-to-face with T-Rob and DVD, I start to feel a lot better about our chances. So let me ask you this, Paul. So you do bring up a great point, Ross, as far as TVD and T-Rob. Now, you flip that. You get somebody like Kamari Wilson who comes in and gets to meet Ed Reed, and Ed Reed gets to talk to the individual. Talk about that balance. No, I mean, that's huge. You got to remember, you know, this relationship with Kamari Wilson, you know, was set up when Travaris Robinson was at South Carolina. They had a good relationship there. But Travaris Robinson, he gets the defensive backs coaching job at Miami. All of a sudden, Kamari Wilson, he wants to take a visit to Miami. There's interest. You know, Cope. Miami's got a great opportunity once again. You play the Alabama Crimson Tide week one. If you show up, you compete. It's a close game. You beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. Listen, you're in a great landing spot for Kamari Wilson. If you don't show up, you don't compete throughout all four quarters, Alabama wants him. Clemson wants him. Ohio State wants him. Every top program in the nation wants Kamari Wilson. He's a five-star recruit. He's the best safety in the nation. So you have a golden opportunity for you week one. You talk to Ed Reed, you have Travaris Robinson, and then you compete or beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think it's a done deal. But at the end of the day, if you don't show up against Alabama, you're not going to yeah. have a chance. So, the reality of the situation. so going back to earlier, talking about even about high school, like American Heritage, like you lost your first game to IMG. Right. Miami loses their first game to Alabama. And again, if it's competitive, Alabama really means nothing to them as far as how their schedule yeah. unfolds. Right. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, what, what you need to do is literally compete. I, and I think that's the key word. Act like you've been there before. Act like you, you belong there. Like, again, we've always been the last couple of years that that underage or the, the younger team. Now we're finally going into here as the older team. You know, and again, I think the maturity level is going to help Miami. Um, but again, win or lose that game. It all starts the following week at state. Michigan State, Central Connecticut State, Virginia, Carolina, and Adam. Listen, you run the table and you play Clemson. Who knows what happens in the ACC title game? Chances are Clemson's going to make that. 
But at the end of the day, you might have a rematch with Alabama and the CFP. Yep. So, again, I think mentally is where Miami – this is where I want to see how strong mentally Miami is, whether they win or lose. Because, again, if you win, what happens with this big old head on your shoulders? You know, you come back to the Rock. App State's looking at coming in here and smacking you in the mouth. Like, they're going to come and win this game. There's a lot of talk on the boards. Like, App State is gunning for Miami. You can't have the whole FIU, La Tech, Duke type situation where you lose back to back to back. Miami's too powerful right now. They're in a good spot, you know, with senior leading guys, with mature guys. And I think with the right coaches, Miami can really do damage. And I think, honestly, my personal opinion, Miami can shock college football this year. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, I literally think if my, let's say my, I have Miami winning, I have Miami beating Alabama. I've said it before. I don't see why they can't, right? But say they do lose. Hey, if, you, if you're within 14 points of Alabama, obviously the spread is 19 and a half. We'll see what happens. So let's 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 chalk this up. Let's catch it back on the next segment. We'll be right back on the K-Gang radio show here on Sirius XM, channel 145. Give us a minute. We'll be right back. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowe. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva contra la caballota, la reina y mi cuy. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
And we're back here on the Kang Gang Radio Show, chopping it up with uh, Northwest Ross from Alaska. Paul with Scoop on the U. And somebody to fi- finally decided to join us before St. Lucy, <laughs> the Dirty Bird. Listen, man, I know, listen, I know it's tough. You know, you're in the middle of dinner, you're trying to make that pasta, you know, pasta and spaghetti and all that stuff at this time, bro. Ooh. I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean, man? I'm not touching the pasta right now, man. I'm Bro, I literally, like, I literally I killed like, it. I made like spaghetti, to- Texas toast. I was all into it tonight, bro. I was, I was, on, <laughs> I was thinking of you while I was eating it too. So, 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 Bird, we were chopping up with Ross and, and Paul talking. Obviously, we were talking some recruiting stuff. So, there's another name I want to ask you guys about too. Is the kid that decommitted from Ohio State, Jaheim Singletary, right? Ooh. Like another huge opportunity because. Right now, Miami's DBs moving into 2022 is ridiculous, right? I mean, I think we're, we're, we're stacking the DBs. And again, I'm all about depth, and I'm all about, hey, you play your best players. So what's the, what's the story, on, Paul? What's the story on Singletary? Yeah, I mean, you know, Travars Robinson was on this for a while. You know, they've had a great relationship. I mean, it just shows, you know, you pay the money, you get your ace recruiter from the SEC, and look what happens. And, you know, I think it's like just playing the game, you know, keeping tabs on a kid, never giving up. And then, you know, suddenly he's like, hey, like, you know, I want to kind of see more options. And, excuse me, he decommits from Ohio State, and Miami's in a great position. I mean, this is really a golden opportunity for Travaris Robinson to really close the door, seal the deal. I'll be honest, you have to win football games, right? You're not going to land a five-star recruit that decommits from Ohio State playing subpar <laughs> football. So, you know, we're going to learn a lot about recruiting, how we do this regular season. You know, what recruits we will land, because you got to win games. It's it's no secret. Yeah. You know, how does Clemson, how's Ohio State, how does Alabama, they always finish in the top five. Well, they're always in the college football playoff. And I don't yeah. think Miami needs to get in the college football playoff. I just think we need to have a 10-2, 11-1 11, 11 season. You know, go to the ACC title game, compete, hopefully win it. And you know what? You will land Jaheim Singletary. I think Miami's in a great position, but we yeah. must win football games. You know, and that's important, man. And that's that's been the biggest thing with Miami. Like, if you go back of all the championship years, like the season before, whether it's 10 and 1, 11 and 0, they're always there. And I think Miami, I'm looking at this season is almost the way I feel about this season. And again, it's just my opinion. I, people can shoot me in the face, whatever. This season feels like the end of the 98 season when Miami beat UCLA. They flipped the script. 99 was great. 2000, 2001. I think this is a season that gets Miami over that hurdle. Again, just look at some of the recruits that we're getting now. And you talk about five stars. Look at the kids like Leonard Taylor. Do you see how big that kid is? Like, literally, I'm a huge Zach McLeod fan. So everybody probably knows that. Zach McLeod, 6'2 and a half, 6'3, maybe. It's about 265. There was a photo the other day online with Leonard Taylor sitting next to Zach McLeod. And, <laughs> and Zach, Zach McLeod looked like a little baby next to this kid. And sure. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that photo or not, but I'm like, Maybe it was the angle of the photo. I'm not really sure, but it literally was like Leonard Taylor's a real deal. And then you see guys like James Williams, another five-star recruit, right? Miami's got to get back to landing the homegrown top prospects. Obviously, Alabama just got – who's the receiver? Corey Brooks, right, out of Booker Mm -hmm. T, who went to IMG. You know, again, you lose out on that receiver. You lose out on Calvin Ridley. You lose out on Jerry Judy. You lose out on Amari Cooper. You lose out, you know, again, you, and those are just receivers I'm naming, right? But those are the type of guys that are local prospects that you need to keep home. But you can't blame them. And the funny thing is, 
All those guys went to Alabama. Like, good Lord. You could have went to any other school, but all four of them went to Alabama. And, again, Amari Cooper, great great career in the NFL. Jerry Judy's, I think, is going to be phenomenal. Calvin really is going to shine like a mother now that uh, Julio Jones is in Atlanta. You know, so it's one of those things where it's it's – it's exciting to see what Miami's doing, holding down local prospects. But again, you got to develop. You got to you got to be able to get those guys into the weight room, make them you know have a great quarterback to get your playmakers the ball, and you got to win. Play, so, play, play. so let me ask you this, Co. I mean, you've been around the program forever, right? And I guess a question to everybody, but the impact that these freshmen are having in practice, right? I mean, we've seen clips of them. We've heard about how you know. Uh, Leonard Taylor has been a force in there. Uh, you know, James Williams has been showing up and making plays. Heck, Cam Kitchens has, what, five interceptions through practice, and he's been banged up a little bit through it. Uh, you know, the receivers, Brinson. Um, uh, Jacoby, Richard, Richard. Jacoby, that's right. I'm sorry. Uh, Brashard Smith. I mean, all these guys are making plays. Can you remember a time when freshmen have shown up and they've made the kind of impact that they have? So on the defense side of the ball, I'll just go to the Bermuda Triangle. I'll talk about Jesse Armstead, Michael Barrow, and Darren Smith. I mean, right <laughs> off the rip. I mean, again, people thought – so people thought, and again, no disrespect to Shaq, Pinkney, and McLeod, but they're not Barrow, Armstead, and Darren Smith. I mean, I think we can all sure. agree on that, right? So, yes. But uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I don't remember really a, a like legitimate true freshman coming in. I think Andre Johnson kind of – you know, he, he sparkled a little bit here and there, but like from a true freshman perspective – um, the only person I saw that really had that potential was someone like Frank Gore, but obviously he tore his knees and, you know, you didn't get to see that. Paul, I know you were going to try to chime in on that. What do you say? You know, it's like interesting, you know, Ryan mentioned that cause like that kind of brought me back to Randy Shane's first recruiting class with like Miami Northwestern, Booker T Washington, like were they dominating? No, but they were contributing to the team. Like Laron Bird had a touchdown against Oklahoma. Ja'Cory Harris was our starting quarterback. Sean Spence was actively one of our starting linebackers. Brandon Harris was getting a lot of action. You saw Marcus Forston as well. Vaughn yeah. Telemach was even starting at safety. Like you saw a lot of underclassmen contributing. Not saying they're star players dominating. Like, you know, you mentioned a lot of former NFL players, but these guys were contributing on regular games, you know, weekly basis. And, you know, I think it that's where development you know, comes in because, like, you can plug in all these underclassmen all you want, but if you don't develop them all three to four years, it kind of gets to a rocky road. Because, like I mentioned, I thought Laurent Bird, his underclassmen years were great. Yeah. What happened junior and senior? He kind of fell off. Von Telemac, I thought he looked like a solid safety. You know, fell off. Ja'Cory Harris, you know, first couple years were better than his final two. So, you know. So, Paul, that, that, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. And, and again, obviously, you kind of know some of the history of Miami. Ross, you might know this as well. I'm going to bring a, a name up to you, and you tell me if he was given a raw deal, okay? You talk about that 08 class with the Miami Northwestern guys, right? Obviously, there were like Brandon Washington, Marcus Forrest, and Tommy Streeter, all those guys, you know, that came in there. Who He's got the raw? Run. Robert Marv, I feel like, got the raw <laughs> end of the deal on that. Do you agree or disagree? Ross, you want to go first? <laughs> I knew right yeah. where you were going with this. Go for it, Ross. <laughs> that, that's a tough one, but I will say as far as an individual player that you mentioned, there has been the talk about issues with Bobby Washington. That was something that um, older, you know, some Canes fans that have been around for a while and in the recruiting game for a while were wondering, hey, is this going to actually be an issue for us with his twin sons who are at Killian, Bobby and Robbie? Thankfully, it seems to be that that's all calmed down and, and things are good to go there. But, you know, it, to, to bluntly say one guy, yeah, there, there's a guy right there who might have got kind of screwed in this whole process. 
Paul, what do you think? Uh, like Robert Marv, like the thing is, like I remember like Randy Shannon coming out, like there was an article by the Miami Herald, like stating like Ja'Cory Harris was going to play in every game. And you kind of went to like a two quarterback system. And like, honestly, like Marv kind of like, like we saw what he had to offer. There were kind of some off the field issues. I remember like a cop chased him down, which is kind of bad. Cause like a cop has like 40 pounds on him roughly. <laughs> so like if a cop chases you down, you're like, that's kind of a bad look. Like, you know, and then like, there was something like after that first season, like his the high school coach, I think it was plant high school. Plant. said He'll never send a kid to Miami again. Yeah. So like, it was just drama, and he went to Purdue. Yeah. He had his shot, and he like blew his knee out. Time, yeah, you know, you know so like I just feel really like good. you know, again, you look at that away class, and again, you talk about the guys like Sean Spence and people like that. I think Sean Spence has, was the best from that class. Sean Spence from the Northwestern class literally was the best out of all of those guys, right? Yeah. That that's my personal opinion. But I just felt like Randy Shannon at that time literally put all his eggs in the basket with all those Northwestern kids. And literally, you know, I, I think that was kind of a downfall, you know, instead yeah. of building, instead of sprinkling in Ja'Cory and letting him learn. Now, granted, Ja'Cory has some phenomenal games, but there's games. I remember against Duke, he's throwing three, four interceptions. He ain't getting pulled. Robert Marth, though, one pick, you know, he's getting yanked out, right? So, I, you know, it's just one of those things. I wanted to bring that up just to see what you guys think, because obviously the state of the program needs to succeed. And again, when you're moving forward, and I think we're in 2021 now, where I think, again, we haven't been relevant. And I'm going to go on the record and say we haven't probably been relevant in 17 years. You, people want to talk about the 17 season. That was all smoke and mirrors. I listen. I love the hype, being 10 and 0, going to pit, thinking, "Oh, we win this game, we'll probably still be in the playoffs." What happens? You know, just to, to add off of that, you know, a little positivity, I think. You know, look at the quarterback room. Yeah, with Shannon, he brought in Cannon Smith, Taylor Cook, mm -hmm. Ja'Cory Harris. You had Robert Marv. Like, compare that to the quarterback room we have now, Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah. You have um, Jake Garcia, De'Ara King. You're going to bring in Ja'Cory Brown as well. I think, you know, it's night and day the difference. Yeah. So I think we're moving in a positive direction. You mentioned 17 years of, you know, being irrelevant. Like, our quarterback position unit, Brad Kai has probably been the best. And, you know, NFL profile wise, and I think he got drafted in the sixth round to the Lions, yeah. you know, yeah. and he left early. So, like, it starts with the quarterback position. Look who we have now, Derek King. So, so I would debate that and say that I wasn't even, I mean, I, I like Brad and I think he's a, he was a great University of Miami quarterback, but I really think Stephen Morris probably was better as far as leading University of Miami than Brad Kaya was. You know, you, I just remember like Labor Day watching Brad against Louisville because for some reason Miami didn't want to go with Ryan Williams, which for the life of me, I don't understand why. Right. Still tells me. So, but I remember him throwing ducks in the dirt, getting scooped up, going 90 yards because he couldn't <laughs> hit Stacey Coley 10 yards on the outside. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but listen, at the end of the day, man, it is what it is. You got to respect the coaches. You got to move forward. Um, but it's been, it's been too long for Miami. And, and again, I got gray hair because I continue to follow this program. At, at what point I might just shave my head like birds so I don't have the frustration. I'm kidding. Like it listen, win or lose, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not <laughs> I'm not one of those guys that get beat up and go like drown my sorrows in the corner because we lost, right? I feel like my my position as a as a fan is just that a fan. Like I can be politically correct and I can get discouraged and I can get frustrated. Good the day, bro. I'm not playing, I'm not tackling, I'm not catching, I'm not running. My job is to sit my ass in the stands and root on win or lose, right? And I wish more of us would do that. That's just my plug for the It's still going to be there every week, man. Correct. Every week. 
no matter what. So, Paul, let me ask you this. And, and Ross, I want to ask you this. Looking at our schedule right now, Ross, what do you project our schedule? To, what do you project <laughs> our, our win-loss total to be right now? I got us as a 10-win team this year. I really okay. do. Um, okay. I, I, I think it's absolutely vital that we hit that double-digit win mark. Absolutely vital in terms of really applying to this 2023 class coming in the future because that class is absolutely phenomenal, especially locally. Um, I think it would be an outright disappointment if we didn't hit that double-digit win mark, especially when you talk about our schedule. Now, there might be some games that are going to sneak up on a little bit and games that we might want to overlook that, that might be a little closer we want them to be, uh, especially like a Michigan State game at a conference against a Power 5 team. That, that's a sneaky game right there. They got a good coach. Mel Tucker's not going to just come out there and lay an egg. I can guarantee you that. Um, we get that 10-win mark. I'm feeling pretty good about the future. I really am. Okay. Paul, talk to me. Yeah, I think nine or ten wins. Um, you know, there's a couple games where I have a question mark about that Michigan State game. I'm so curious. Like, if I was, like, on college game day, I was an announcer, I would circle that game as, like, an upset alert. You got a noon game. It's flat. Like, it's going to be hot. Like, I'm sure we're not going to be sold out. Like, no one shows up for a noon game. It's against Michigan State. Well, Kerr will be there. I will be there. <laughs> I'll be there. Ross will not because he's, you know. Ross will be there in spirit. Ross is getting right, his computer warmed right. up for the post game. <laughs> but, you know, those noon games are flat, man. Those noon games are very flat in general. And that, that I would put Miami on upset alert. That NC State game is tricky, by the way. I think that's a solid yeah. team. We were in a shootout in Raleigh, North Carolina, with their backup quarterback. The other guy was injured, Leary. Yeah. Um, North Carolina is always a tough game in Chapel Hill. And then that Pittsburgh game as well, it's going to be cold. It's going to be really cold. So um, I'm curious about that. And the Virginia Tech's always going to be a competitive game, in my opinion. So, you know, I, I think nine or ten wins is going to be good. Um, we'll see what happens, you know. But it, like I said, like I, I hate saying this, but like a couple injuries here and there, and like Miami could be in trouble. So, so one thing I want I want to ask is, and again, we got about a, two minutes before we go to break. So I'll bring this up, and then we'll go to break, and we can reiterate. You talk about injuries. Obviously, our our star quarterback, potential Heisman, you know, candidate, coming off a knee injury, looks looks the part. Looks like everything is going well. What happens? just hypothetically, because we have to speak about it, if that knee is not 100%, um, and I'm just, it gets tweaked against Alabama. Mm. Like, But he's saying, I'm good coach, I'm good coach. Do you pull him, or what do you do as far as looking to the future and you look at a TVD or a Jake Garcia? Ross, I'll start with you. I think, um, I think it's coming down to a coach really having to – be a good coach in that aspect. I don't know what else to put it, but knowing your players, knowing if he's doing something that he shouldn't be doing, seeing hesitancy in your star quarterback. That's the last thing you want to see is hesitancy in King. Cause when he starts double thinking things, that's where problems can occur. My hope is the staff has such a good read on him and knows him so well that if something was to happen, they could make the right move. And, you know, I mean, there, sure. There's going to be times where he might come up with a little limp or he might look a little hesitant, it's about the next play. If he looks hesitant on the next one, okay, we got some issues. But on a play-by-play basis, and hopefully the staff really has a good idea of what's going on there. Okay. Uh, Bird, we got about a minute. Give me your take. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't want to see him be a, a Bud Kilmer from Varsity Blues in there and, you know, just doing whatever they can to put him on the field. Give him a know, shot. Give him a shot. Give him a shot. <laughs> Give him the shot. Close the door. Right? Uh, 
you, you know, but I mean, look, you just you, you gotta you gotta play it in the situation, right? You gotta trust that he's a veteran guy that is going to tell you whether he can go or whatnot, right? And you gotta trust him, and then you gotta look at him, and you gotta see if he's telling you he can go, and you know he he can't put any weight on it, then you gotta pull him. And then I think you go to TVD in the instance. Like I I love Jake Garcia. I loved watching him throw darts in the uh, in the spring game, right? I mean, I think he was really putting the ball where it needs to be, but. You know, to me, TVD is the next next guy up and, you know, guy we're ready to see play here. No, I agree. And, Paul, so what we're going to do is we're going to go to break. When we come back, I'm going to get your take on our quarterbacks because I feel like this is such a major thing. I go back to, you know, a couple of years back with Florida State, and I hate to mention their name, but you look at, you know, DeAndre Francois who went down with, with a knee injury against Alabama and then how their season unfolded. So we'll be right back here on the Kang Gang Radio Show, chopping it up with Paul, uh, Ross, and Dirty Bird. Give us a minute. We'll be right back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. 
there's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, con terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. everybody well here we are third segment of the first hour we pushing two hours here on the can gang every friday from 11 to 1 sirius xm channel 145 as always slam radio is the place to catch us at um obviously spotify all your uh platforms you can catch us afterwards so paul we were just talking about the quarterback situation and potentially again having our star quarterback who is coming off literally seven months or eight months you know removed from that acl injury like, again, I've had a torn ACL. I knew what going into it. I've had reconstructive knee surgery. Obviously, things today are, are a lot better than they were, you know, in 1999 when I had my surgery. Um, talk to me about the concerns potentially with having, you know, coming off of that knee injury and what the staff and the player could be thinking about going into that game. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't know how Derek King is going to look until he suits up in pads. He's live in action against Alabama. We didn't see him during the spring game. We, I mean, we really didn't see anything from the scrimmages, just like five second highlights of him throwing a football. You know, people got excited with him, like in shorts, just throwing a football to some random guy. He's like, Derek King's back. It's like, <laughs> how do we know Derek King is back? You know, like when we see him in a couple drives, we'll know if Derek King is back or not. So, it's it's definitely a big question mark and you know i i wish i hope he's ready to go 100 percent. i wish him a healthy full season because it's been a roller coaster ride for his college career you know going to a different program his father passed away tearing his acl so you know i hope he has a great last year of college football and i think there's a lot of um a lot of people pulling for him i think kirk herbstreet said that he could be the face of college football so it'll be nice man it'll be nice for uh, miami to have a you know, someone really uh, taking over um, the offense, and I, I really hope Derrick King plays well. But absolutely, man, that's always back in my head. You know, next man up, quarterback. The backup quarterback position is very important. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's what I'm leaning at. Like, obviously, you look at someone like TVD who just looks the part, right? 6'4", 220. Listen, from everything I've heard, got a missile of an arm. You look at someone like Jake Garcia, has a, a phenomenal touch on the ball, right? And then you got the kid like Ja'Curry Brown coming in, you know, next year. 
competition is going to, you know, again, iron's going to sharpen iron, right? But uh, I think mm-hmm. that goes something with TVD already having his second year under Rhett Lashley. You know, obviously, I, I think that that just that, that bodes well for him. I'm all about competition. I'm all about playing the best man. I don't care if you're a freshman. I don't care if you're a senior. At some point, whoever's going to make plays, that's who you need to have on the field. And speaking of that, what I've seen is, and again, I want to be very, very clear. There's no disrespect here. But you don't see number six and number eight kind of running with the ones and twos that much. Like as far as, you know, the receivers on the offensive side of the ball. Those yeah. young those young guys are literally making a, a move to push the upperclassmen out, which I think is a good thing, right? So when you talk about guys like Romello, when you talk about guys like Jacoby, who I think is the purest natural route, route runner I've seen at Miami in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Bashard Smith just has complete wheels. You know, you got Dowson Worsham, which was, I think, a four-star recruit last year. You know, I mean, he doesn't impress me. I think at some point, I think he actually hits the portal. That's just me. Um, you got someone like Restrepo. I think you can't keep him off the field. You know, yeah. Harley, Rambo, Michael Redding. I think Keyshawn Smith is going to have a phenomenal year. The kid just looks the part. So I'm going to start with you, uh, Paul. Talk to me about the receivers and who you like as receivers and who you don't like and why. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you said it best. Uh, Mike Harley, he's our veteran presence. He's been around the program longer than anyone else in the wide receiver rotation. He's our captain. He's our leader. And I think that's who you kind of revolve the offense around. He's your go-to guy. Then you have Charleston Rambo. We saw a one-handed catch you know, in the second scrimmage, I believe it was at Pace, Monsignor Pace High School. We saw I did him do a fantastic job in the spring game. Me and Ross, we spoke to his trainer since like middle school um, to high school. Said this is a different Charleston Rambo than you, you're going to see at Oklahoma. His mindset is completely different. It's more of the mindset he had, that hunger he had in high school. So I think this is a new beginning for Charleston Rambo. I think he's going to have a stellar season. I love Xavier Strip. I love his work ethic, his mentality. He wants to earn things. Nothing's going to be given to him, and I think that's the mentality we kind of have with specific players in the wide receiver room. Um, you know, and I, I honestly think I know people give Mark Pope a lot of a lot of trouble, you know, but I think he's going to be involved in the offense a lot. He gets open. He's just got to hold on to the football. You know, he does make plays, so I think he will be involved. Um, you know, I hope he does well. I really do because he's a good kid. You know, he's yeah. a good personality. Um, and Keyshawn Smith, man, that's a sleeper. That's someone to look out for. I, I really think highly of him. Um, honestly, man, great route runner. He has wheels. I'll say this, man, Dazzling Morsham, like I think Coe said it best. I don't I don't wish anyone goes to the portal, but like look, I saw him on campus like two weeks ago. He's like this, man. He's, <laughs> like, he's like they say they have to say one ninety to one eighty on paper. That's not true. Like I, I'm one seventy nine. Like, no, he's skinnier than me. And he's 6'1". He's exactly my height. Michael Redding, uh, he's physically a monster. The issue there is not with coaching. It's more on Michael Redding himself. But if he wants to, he can be a great wide receiver. He has all the physical attributes. It's just him. And I don't think Dazzling Warsh and Mike Redding will make a big impact this season at all. You know, we lost, We lost obviously, you know, Jeremiah Payton. I mean, obviously, I mean, I thought that guy had all the goods coming in. But, again oh. – you know, you look at mental, you know, you look at mental right now. And obviously you just see the other day, someone like Isaiah Walker who tweets something out, like, you know, look at Deontay Mullins. Like we don't know what some of these kids are actually going through. We don't know the amount of pressure that some of these kids have on their shoulders, whether it be from the home, 
from the neighborhood. I just wish all these kids the best, man, because, you know, depression is a serious thing. And I don't know if that's what it is. So, um, listen, shout out to those guys and hopefully they get better. But, you know, you, you know, next man up. And if you can't play, you can't play and get the help that you need. Right. So, Ross, I'm going to ask you about um, a situation. Talk to me about Avante Williams and what's going on there. Potentially, I heard some rumblings today that he's back at school. Don't know if that's true or not. Um, but obviously, false accusations can literally ruin somebody's life, ruin somebody's career. You look at uh, Sean Okafor over in Baylor. Look what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I think at that point, you know, again, you look at Deshaun Watson's situation and you look at all those people who said he did something. Yeah, where's the proof at, right? But the guy's getting ridiculed and just ramrodded. So, Avante Williams, obviously the charges were dropped. Talk to me a little bit about the situation and what you feel on it. You know, I, I understood the staff's approach when, you know, with the information they had at the time, they had to make the decision they had to make. I didn't knock them for that. What is going to be important and what I feel is absolutely crucial for a kid, like you mentioned, who just went through a false accusation, which I don't care who you are, it's going to play with your mind. It's going to get to you mentally on some type of level. We got to take this kid back, I think, and we got to put him under our wing and we got to show him that even if those accusations were like, you know, like they're saying 100% false, that we can still get him turned back to football, focus him on the right path and make something positive from it. The last thing I want to do is outcast a kid, send him away, even if we didn't have any evidence to really boot him off and just say, kind of figure it out on your own. We're the University of Miami. We want to make our young men into better people. And this is our chance to do that with Avante Williams. Bird, I know you got a lot of topics or you got a lot of convo on this. So talk well, to we, me. we spent some time talking on the phone about this, you and I did, you know, and I mean, when, look, when I first walked into the situation, I'm like, you know, look, the school's got to have the facts. They got to know what happened. I mean, it was so egregious just hearing that story, right? Or just hearing the accusation, right? And, you know, like I jumped on Twitter and I, you know, I owned it. And I was like, look, I jumped to conclusion on the kid, man. Um, you know, so, you know, I've really changed my position in it. And, you know, instead of just, just cutting these kids off right off at the bat, right? And, you know, right off at the accusation, you know, we need to suspend them, right? And we need to sit on it and see what the situation is. And, of course, you know, if it turned out to be true, which, I mean, we don't even know what the situation was. Obviously, something happened, but whatever did, you know, pretty much none of our business. But, you know, we need to give these kids an opportunity to just let the truth play out, right, so that they get they get judged and the things that impact their life are, you know, are, are, are judged with all the facts being known, right? Because now we're in this situation where, you know, everybody's, oh, take them back or, you know, it's, it's just a rough spot to be in. And I think the school has kind of learned a lot from it, too, like, hey – you know, if there's no charges pending on this kid, you know, what ground do we have to stand on here? So, um, you know, it's it's out of the, I think, any of the football or the athletic department operations. Right? Right What's that? I think it's up to the BOTs right now. Yeah, it's a BOT thing, man. So even if even if they don't let them, this is a BOT thing. This is not even – I saw somebody going off on Blake James about this. This is not – this is not a Blake James thing, man. Blake has nothing to do with this. Um, so, you know, but yeah, I mean, my thing is, look, I mean, you know, we can have wrong takes at times. It's, it's okay to own that and change your position on things sometimes, you know? One of the things that I've always felt was like, whatever happened to be, you know, innocent until proven guilty, right? Like sure. You want, you literally just want to like kind of cast this guy away, not knowing all the facts. This is where I feel like, where's the upperclassmen? Where's the leadership? Where's your guidance counselors? Where's your advisors saying, hey, listen, 
Are you going through anything? Obviously, we already know that he has, you know, a couple kids, another another one on the way, you know, situations like that. Where is the accountability from his peers? You know, and that goes for everybody in the team. Same thing with Deontay Mullins a couple years back. Same thing with, you know, now Isaiah Walker. Where Sam are some, you know, Sam Bruce, where yeah. are some of the upperclassmen taking these guys and say, hey, look, man, are you okay? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I just think in today's society, Nobody wants to talk to the next man. Nobody wants to get in anybody's business. And, and I get it, right? Like, but at the same time, and, you know, tragic situation, and I, and I was going to bring this up later on, but where was, where was the people with this whole situation with Brian Prada? Like, I'm so thankful that it's finally 15 years later, this got resolved. Jeez, but how hard is that to know? How hard is that to know as a teammate? It was one of your own teammates, right? Yeah. Maybe that guy – and listen, I'm not condoning anything that happened, but nobody knows with – I'm not even calling his name out because I'm not giving him the press, but nobody knows what that individual was going through, right? The same thing, like, Bird, you're talking about what happens if you just kind of rush, you just throw Avante Williams to the side. Who knows what he becomes? Like, we don't yeah. know, and this is where we have to be careful. This is a young man who's literally just being an adult who potentially could have his whole, his whole life ruined – for no reason. And I think we have to be we have to be compassionate a little bit. Again, now, if it was facts and he did that, by all means, man, you cut ties, you know, tell him to pound sand and move forward. But like, you know, hearing everything now that it wasn't the way it was, it makes me feel I feel bad for the kid. You know, and that is a serious situation. But I mean, even the school, remember with the Jermaine Grace situation? <laughs> and I mean, they just just automatically boom, you're you're yeah. gone, you're out of yeah. here. And that was over. That was over rental cars, right? Jawan Young. I mean, you Jawan look at those Young, guys yeah. there. They, you know, uh, Quan Muhammad. All those guys. Yeah, look, listen, I, I can't knock it. Quan Muhammad's having a phenomenal career in the NFL right now, so <laughs> it's probably not affecting him any. But and even Jermaine Grace has been in the league for a while, man. So yeah. you know, but that that's the thing, right? I, I think Miami. I think going back at that time with the whole Shapiro thing, they had to be really careful about how yeah. they handled that. Um, but this is a, this is a different situation. I just, I feel for the kid, man. And I hope that if everything is legit and he did nothing wrong, that the university of Miami does right and bring the kid back. So, you know, we got about four more minutes here on this, uh, you know, first hour. So I'm going to give you an opportunity, Ross. I'm going to give you a little opportunity to give a couple shout outs and then, uh, give me a couple shout outs so we can uh, keep moving around here. What do you got? Oh man. I just, you know, first and foremost, man, Let's give a shout out to Mark Rogers for giving us a shot on his platform, Co. You know, the voice let's, of college let's, football. Let's show that guy some love. The voice of college football. He's given us an opportunity to do something special. Yeah. Reach out to Canes fans. Yeah. And uh, man, I, I can tell you right now, we're gonna kick some butt. No doubt about it. I got you, Paul. Give me some shout outs. Nah, man. Just a shout out to Ross uh, for joining me. Uh, you know, on the scoop on the U, he's definitely uh, helped me out a lot. Just grateful for his contributions to uh, Dirty Bird and Co. Man for the. Having us on your platform, man, we yeah. greatly appreciate it. We love your passion for the University of Miami, and it's uh, we're just uh, grateful for the opportunity to, for uh, having us on, man. We love talking Canes football with you. So. Anytime, anytime. Burry, give me a shout-out. Shout-out to the coaches and the players of the Canes. Don't let me down this year. <laughs> don't let you down, bro. Hell of a shout-out. Hell of a shout-out. <laughs> if you're talking about don't no. let you down, bro, it's going to be yeah. a long season. No, well, well, you, know, you know, it's like that thing that I'll put up on Twitter every once in a while, that gif. That, you know, it's like going into the season. It's it's Michael Scott, and he says, there's no question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, me, baby. I don't, 
I don't find myself getting hurt anymore. Like my expectation for, for, for Miami football has always been like over the last couple of years. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, again, it's not going to change who I am. I'm going to continue to go. I'm going to continue to waste my money and I'm going to continue to be disappointed. But you know what? Nope. The next year I'm going to do the same thing over and over and over again. I, I, I will say though, this year, if out of any year, feels like we have all the ingredients for something special. You have a Heisman contending quarterback. You have a veteran and experienced offensive line. Um, you know, you got good players in the secondary. You've got you know returning offensive scheme. You know, there's there's a lot to to really make you think we can catch lightning in a bottle this year. Your schedule sets up well. I think the schedule sets up really well. And, and like, that's what we talked yeah. about earlier. I mean, obviously Alabama cannot make or break your season. You just get past that game and then move forward to your season. So uh, about a minute left here on the Ken Gang radio show here in the first hour. Um, I mean, listen, it's been good, man. Obviously I'm excited about this season. I mean, I fly to Atlanta literally eight days. Uh, I'm going to have a great Friday. Uh, I plan on flying. My flight's at like 6 a.m. I don't know why I picked such an early flight, but fly up <laughs> at 6 a.m., land about 7.45, take the Marta downtown, do a backdrop, and then, I don't know, go to breakfast, catch the College Football Hall of Fame, you know, hopefully, you know, find some other King fans walking around in that orange and green in Atlanta. There's a lot going on. Like, obviously, we heard there's a lot going on in Atlanta. <laughs> so, it's it's Comic-Con. I think it's Comic-Con weekend. Yeah. It's It's – I think it's it. Black Gay Pride Weekend. Black Black Gay Pride Weekend, and yeah. you got Miami, Alabama, and then you have Louisville, Ole Miss. Like no. it's gonna it be packed. The, it is the greatest formula ever. Like I'm gonna have just so much keeping me entertained in front of me. Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's gonna, gonna be a lot going on. So I mean, now now now, Ross, that'd be an opportunity. Depending on what happens post game, I might jump on right after the game. Unless I'm arrested, because if we win, I probably yeah. am going to jail. So we'll see what happens. So, <laughs> so, all right, guys, listen, we're gonna uh, we go to break here and can't get radio show on Sirius XM Channel One Four Five. We'll catch you guys in a little bit. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tango Bailoa. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker. Every what's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam radio. radio, Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigamanuela Pola, too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigamanuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigamanuela Pola? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tongue of Iloa. Tua nigga Manuala Pola. Tongue of Iloa. Tua nigga Manuala Pola. Tongue of Iloa. Tua nigga Manuala Pola. Tongue of Iloa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. 
I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General, at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva Potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuy. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the second hour here on the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Uh, I had a great opportunity the last hour to talk it up with Ross, North Fresh Kane up there in Alaska, as well as Paul from Scoop on the U. A lot of great insight about recruiting, obviously talking about the Alabama game. Joining us now on the second hour, Bird, is my boy, you know, again, just my boy Danny. I, I didn't want to pronounce his last name because I'm going to mess it up. But, yo, Dean, what's good, man? <laughs> what's going on, brother? I'll say it for you. It's Hidalgo. I got Hidalgo. you. Hidalgo. Like Hidalgo, Texas. I got Hidalgo. you. Obviously, Maria, Maria being Puerto Rican, she would have known how to pronounce it. But, you know, my ride or die is doing something, so I couldn't get her to come in there. So, Danny, she I appreciate would, you. She would tell you how to pronounce it and then look at you funny. Like, you're such a gringo. Always. Always. <laughs> But, Dan, I appreciate you jumping on with us, man. Obviously, you and I go back quite a while. You know, oh, um, yeah, man, and it's good. Obviously, we don't talk as much as we probably should, but we still have all, you know, we still have that same passion, you know, you know ripping that orange and green. And, we believe you know, that. You're my, you're yeah, my man. brother. <laughs> Absolutely. It's crazy how you meet people through something like, you know, whatever. They can be a different school, but obviously we met through the University of Miami. And, Absolutely. you know, again, you know, obviously our boy Rob, too, you know, and, you know, I follow Rob, and I haven't talked to him in a minute, but, like, watching him now with his kids and, you know, watching them play baseball and things like that, man. They're it's just, good, too. They're real good, those They boys. are, man. And, and you know what? And what's nice about Rob and what's, what's neat is, like, he's traveling from, you know, different cities and going different all these different MLB parks, man. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't have took him for that guy who was a big MLB guy or baseball yeah. guy, but obviously – you know, with the kids, it's a different ball game. It changes everything. Once you have those kids, you know how that is for sure. Yeah, you know, Absolutely. I think the last time I saw him, I, I might have saw him post Dallas, but you know, he had one of the kids up there when we played mm -hmm. LSU up in Dallas, and so it was nice to see him up there as well. So he's actually and, flying up and down with me because we're going up the same day to Atlanta for the okay. Batman game. We're flying up and down together and stuff. We're gonna do it together. So I'll be well. Yeah, make sure we link up, man. One hundred percent, of course. Good. So let's let's get into it. Obviously, you're a big Miami fan. Talk to me a little bit about what got you to be a University of Miami fan. Honestly, my parents always loved it. And it was just something that like going to the Orange Bowl was like nothing else for me. Like I, I'm a Heat fan. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan. But going to that Orange Bowl, it was something that like, I mean, it's even hard to explain so much. To and an literally inexplainable. I mean, it really is. 
Yeah, if you if you if you truly know about the old girl, it literally is unexplainable. Like you just you had to be a part of it, you had to be enriched in it. And it's almost like you got to be enshrined to be part of that mm-hmm. OB. And obviously the younger generation today that we have don't understand what it's like to be back in that OB. Oh, don't even show the picture, bro. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, so so again, you know, you, you got to go to the OB, you grew up in the OB. So I grew up in it. So I mean, I was born in 83, the year we won our first title. So, I mean, from there, it was just, it was easy to just follow them. And I mean, it was always like bigger than the Dolphins to me, even though I, I love the Dolphins and all that, but the Canes, it was just something about that orange ball, something about the colors. So like the whole thing, like just brought me to, you know, to them and I just could never like abandon them. I mean, and like going back to the orange ball when the OB got torn down, I mean, like a part of my soul went with it. I mean, yeah. Rob and I, we're going as they were dem- demolishing it. We were going once a week, every Sunday we were going and like seeing it as like just saying goodbye to it, because it, as crazy as that sounds, you know, it, it's 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 inexplainable, really, that that feeling, that passion that we had, that attachment to, to, to a building, you know, and, and then to the team, ultimately, of course, and then the move to, to Hard Rock and whatnot. I mean, and I'll never you know, it's my passion. I bleed orange and green and the been friendly with all the guys since I was a kid. And, you know, yeah. whenever I run into the guys, it's always love and just something that you can't replace. And the, the brotherhood with yeah. within the program and even with the fan base like us here live, you know, right now talking. I mean, it, it's second to none. It, it's right. truly second to none. Could you imagine if she was still standing, the old girl? <laughs> now, now here's, here's the thing. It wouldn't it wouldn't look anything like we knew it because all this money that's going around. Of course. I mean, can you imagine the Orange Bowl? With you know refurbished seating, you know fill in the other, fill, you know fill in the other uh, the end zone, right? Um, I mean, dude, it, it would be pretty pretty impressive, man. Absolutely. I mean, think about the recruiting tool that would have been for us. Oh. Think about I, I don't, are we having the discussions we've been having of the rebuild, trying to bring the brand back to what it's been, to what it was. Better said, would we be having those conversations if the Orange Bowl was here? I mean, that. Yeah. You take a recruit in there. You take anyone in there. I mean, it was it was definitely a major eye opener for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, again, what I loved about the OB. Sorry, I'm trying. I'm actually finding a photo. And Bert, I'm gonna send it to you so you can kind of <laughs> bring it up. Is Absolutely. Just the feeling of again, and, and I don't care if it's a Saturday morning, a Saturday noon game, or whatever the case may be. When that old girl was rocking, there was no better place in college football to watch a football game. Like it just. There was a mystique, the nostalgia. Just again, you know, people talk about the water from the upper deck. It's, you know, we all know that wasn't water, right? Like, so it's one of those things. Like, you just you loved it. Like, I was always there. You know, again, we had general mission, and and these guys don't even know what that was like. But you know, general mission in the whole West End Zone. It was first come, first serve. It was a mad dash. You know, again, the old roll-up games. They, they don't know. even know. Like, they don't know about a 12 noon and we got to be there at 5 in the morning. Bro. Literally in line to be, like, in our front. in our Because if we didn't sit where we always sat. Oh, like, it, was, it was horrible. It would, it, would, it would change every, like, it was just a mess. Like, my whole game day experience, if I wasn't in my exact seat up against the rail, standing Bro. on the rail Correct. at times. Correct. I mean. I, I love it, man. And, you know, and that's why I wish The Rock. Now, The Rock has done a tremendous turnaround compared to when we first went over there uh, again i wonder how many people if i would ask do they remember the baseball fields being on the field when we first yeah. went over there right because obviously you know the florida not the miami marlins the florida marlins were actually you know playing baseball there and 
it was it was this thing where running through the, the the infield and you know worrying about the clay and all that other stuff. You know, now we finally have a stadium where I feel like they're starting to bring it back. They shortened it down. They took seats out. They made it to where the noise again. Going back to that 2017 game against Notre, Notre Dame, Dame, like that's probably the loudest I've heard since the OB. Since the OB. Yeah, and, and that place was rocking. Bird, I, I'm trying to uh, – I sent you a t- uh, an email. Let me know if you got that or not. And uh, we could take it to a week before that. The Virginia Tech the started to show flashes. I was telling my boys in our seats, I'm like, hey, this is starting to get reminiscent yeah. to, to, to the old girl. you know. And then that Notre Dame game, I was like, wow, like this was a hell of an experience, something I had never in all my years of going to that stadium to see the Dolphins, the Marlins, you name it. I've yeah. never seen anything like that. You can even take it back to playoff games of the Dolphins. Yeah. Like I've never seen that building the way it was that night in 2017 yeah. versus Notre Dame. You know, I'm hoping as we transition, and I was earlier in the, in the segment, um, earlier in the show, I kind of feel like the way that the Miami Hurricanes are going now. You look at how they're building they're building depth. You finally got your O-line. It's, it's too deep. You're starting to get, um, like, your cornerbacks from, for like, there it is, man, right there. there it is. Bro, I, I literally, there's no one else in the field, right? We stayed till roughly 1 o'clock in the morning until they shut the lights off. We did not want to leave that place. We would go during the week, wow. they would open it, and like you could take tours, but there was yeah. no tour guide. I went with Rob, like the final season, I got a bunch of crazy pictures, and we were like, we're here for a tour, and the lady's like, okay, just walk. Walk and through. She was because <laughs> they're cleaning crew, because they wouldn't clean the stadium till like Tuesdays. So my garbage <laughs> would sit there stinking up. Oh, bro. So we would so go like- the day that they were cleaning because the entire building was open. <laughs> Every door was wide open because they were cleaning. And I mean, the tours that we gave ourselves, I mean, second to none. I got to send you some photos, some old photos. Like I got, that. Some, I got some of the old locker room. I mean, obviously it was nice too because, you know, dude, what, what I miss the most is like they used to do Cane Fest, you know, mm-hmm. at, at the OB. And, you know, you'd be able, and, and Danny, you probably remember this. I remember uh, a couple years they would have catch a pass from Ken Dorsey, mm-hmm. run a 40 yard dash, 40 yard dash against Daryl Jones. Um, you know, just different things like that, that they, you'd have like fan experience. Like they don't do that stuff no more, man. And I think they wow. really took a lot of it out. Now, um, what are some of your most amazing memories about Miami? Like what are some of your favorite memories? Let's start with the OB first and then we'll transition to the rock. Tell me some of your favorite memories about being in the OB. My favorite memory was the UCLA game that no one in America ever gave us a chance. I want my own man to that game. 98, let's go, baby. And Edgerman James, who was the founding father, because I'm a firm believer that programs need a face of a program. Like, you can't, like, you need that alpha. And Edgerman became that for us in a sense. And after that game, I remember walking back to the car and looking at my Wait, own did you, did you did you run on the field? Because I ran on the field. No, I didn't. He wouldn't let me. I was still I was still young. I started to quit, bro. I was. <laughs> I don't. It happens today. I'm with you on the field, 100. Kudak's chasing us around the field. You already know. <laughs> you already know what it is. But no, seriously though, um, that was probably like my like that moment that I looked at my dad and I go, man, maybe just maybe that it, it, it's coming. Then obviously the obvious to 2000 Florida State were finally. We're like, okay, now this is for real because there were slip ups and we were building and building and building. But I guess that 2000, I'd say not that UCLA game and the 2000 Florida State game are two moments that like really like that I was there that I could say when I was in the building because there's other moments, but I was watching on TV or whatnot. Yeah. 
Now, so if, you remember, if, you remember the 20, if you remember the 2000 game, no more water after halftime. Like literally had no no liquid at, after there halftime. There was nothing. I mean, there was people passing out all left and right. You'd turn and there were like gurning people Bird, out there. Yeah. You, you didn't go. You weren't at that game, right? Bro, like I can't hear you. Turn your mic on. I don't know how I got put on mute there, but no, I was not. I was not at that game. Oh, Actually, oh. I know how I got put on mute. Our, our, our boy John Pertle just t- just tweeted at us, man. Oh, okh okay. oh, stuff. But, but we, we ain't gonna give that any airtime, man. Yeah, so so keep going, Danny. I'm sorry, I didn't want to. Well, I mean, that. I guess those two, as far as like the OB, those are like two moments that like I'll I mean, I'll never forget. Like and I'll be saying that story to my kids, my kids' kids, whoever. Like that, those are two epic moments for me that like UCLA, because that's where you start to see the build, and then yeah. you finally in 2000 are like, all right, we're back. Wide we're right back. three. Wide oh. right three. <laughs> I don't want to do that because people might think I'm a racist because there's yeah, that whole thing. I don't know if they were doing I, whatever. So anyway, that's just the three. Let me do it that way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so talking, talking about The Rock, though, going to The Rock, obviously, we go to The Rock in 08. And again, we're playing on a baseball field, right? So it is what it is. But we had some great games. I mean, obviously, the Oklahoma game. You know, was out in the field and things like that. So, but talk to me some of you with your uh, big memories at the OB, at the at the Hard Rock. Sorry, the Rock is rough to be honest with you because that's where the decline happens. You know, for the program, unfortunately, and so it's kind of hard to pinpoint like one specific moment at Hard Rock. Um, if I would have to, I guess it'd have to be some, the Notre Dame game is probably the 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 close because that's the closest that resembles you know the glory days in the OB. So I would say that Notre Dame game is the one. The Virginia Tech game, even though it's Vol Tech, but that game also because it was bit again, yeah. you're seeing the buildup. And and I think that those two nights in particular stand out to me the most at the rock. Yeah. So you know, we, we always talk about the glory days and the glory games. One of the things that I don't think people like to talk about is for me, one of the most memorable games that I will remember from the rock is the 58-0 to Clemson. Like people don't like to bring up the losses, but like, like you got shellacked. Like, I mean, was that a good thing or a bad thing? Obviously, the whole situation with Al Golden being fired and things like that. But like, one thing about Al Golden is you can never deny his loyalty, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the record and say that because like he chooses he chose his best friend. But yeah. again, so again, another memorable moment is getting shellacked by Clemson. Well, if you want to point out a loss, Clemson too. C.J. Spiller. Don't punt the ball to CJ Spiller. Don't punt the ball to CJ Spiller. Anyone on the field, kick it out of bounds. Do whatever. Shank it. Don't give it to CJ Spiller. And Travis Benjamin, if I'm not mistaken, had a phenomenal game uh, uh that, that same game. And it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But yeah, man, like there was just different animals. You know, you can sit and critique and like, why don't you just punt the ball out of bounds? Like, why are you you know you don't it's like kicking the Devin Hester. You don't mm-hmm. kick. You don't kick into somebody like that at that type of a crucial, you know, opportunity. But yeah, absolutely. That's your special team coaches. Um, what? Do you, who's one of your favorite players? Out of Miami? Yeah. There's a few. There's a bunch. Edgerin, Stan, okay. Stan on offense. I'd say EJ, Sean, who I have behind me. You know, I was friendly. That was my dude. So definitely Sean. Um, Ray Lewis. I guess those stand out of like the big names, but then there's other guys, unsung heroes that we don't ever talk about that people forget, like were big for us and instrumental in, in, in the program. So, I mean, yeah. but I guess of the big names, I guess those would be my three guys. Those are like my three go-tos for sure. 
EJ, add, I mean, EJ, Sean, and Ray, add also as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you and I have been around the program quite a while. Um, it's always nice when you can see these, you know, I, I always still call them, you know, former student athletes, whether or not they've been in the league or whatever. But yeah. it's always nice when you see them and they, they respond to you, you know, like, hey, what's going on, man? How you been? Okay. I remember a couple of years ago, we went to Paradise Camp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, my, one of my favorite players of all time is, is Big Vince, right? Like just Absolutely. me and him are like this. I happened to see him out on the field, you know, his coach, and I just yelled out there, Big Daddy! And he turned around and gave me this big old smile, and then he came and walked over, and so we're sitting there talking a little bit, and then people were coming up trying to get photos. That was the year was in, in the intramural field. I was with right. you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Vince, Vince is like, no, no, I'm, I'm talking to my family. Can't take no pictures right now, mm-hmm. you know? And then um, – but it's nice just to be able to, again, look what these kids did in college. And that's how I'm a big believer in, in doing doing right by these kids. Absolutely. Treating, treating them right now, treating them with respect. You don't bash them. And, and, again, it'll come full circle. You know, I'm hoping and I'm praying to God that Vince gets, you know, nominated next year. You know, for, and I think he will get some some votes. But I think Vince eventually goes into the Hall of Fame. And if he does, bro, that will be probably the only time I'm going to Canton is to be there with Vince. because Absolutely. Bro, and, and again, next year you could have multiples. Andre, mm-hmm. Devin, Reggie. Like, could you imagine having Andre, Reggie, Devin, and Vince all going in at the same Together, time? I was right. actually talking to Fred about that. They might as well do it and just get us out of the way already. We'd have 14 of those guys, man, because right now I think we're right. sitting at 10. So let's do this. Let's go to a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to really get into – because it's Bam. I, even though it's, it's Friday – it's Bama week, right? It's literally, you know, we're, we're right there on the cusp. And I want to get into talking to you about, like, our offense and our defense and special teams, Danny. So, Bert, sure. we'll be right back, and then uh, we'll, we'll keep chopping it up. So, Bert, take us to break, and let's go. All right, you're listening to the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio, Channel 145. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. 
on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, everybody, thank you for uh, holding down the fort while we took a quick break. Um, I had to go make a sandwich because I'm getting hungry here, and it's, uh, you know, always good to, like, replenish your belly. Bird, I'm not on the keto. So <laughs> I'm, a big, I'm a big buffalo chicken tender guy, right, like from, from Publix. Right? I love their, like, the pub subs, right? Problem is I couldn't go to Publix. So what I do is I get these Tyson chicken tenders. I cook them. I chop them. I, I watch how Publix does it, man. It's not hard, right? I chop them up real fine. And I get that Frank's hot sauce. I put them in like a Ziploc bag and I shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. I get some mayo on some bread, toast that bread and throw it on it. And I'm good to go, bro. Like I got my Buffalo chicken tender stuff. Bro, that's like, that's like 40 net carbs for me, man. That's like two days worth of carbs, bro. I can't touch net it. Carbs. Who gives a rat's ass? <laughs> hey, look, man, I'm down. I'm down 30 pounds in six weeks, man. The, it's it's melting too. off the bird, bro. Oh, that's nice. awesome. Go, go, bro. Oh, oh, man, we, we, it is what doing it, man. Danny. So, so quick question. So, all right. So, Bird, going to going to going to Atlanta next week. 
Yes, sir. What, what's your diet holding down? Are you are you holding to it, or you're you gonna kind of oh, you're gonna binge? Look, I got cheap moments. I already got a I already got a date for the, with the varsity for a couple chili slaw dogs, man. What do you have? What do you have? What do you have, bro? Right? <laughs> I might even get some onion rings there. I don't know, man. Maybe oh. maybe an maybe an orange soda from there, man. I don't know. Dan, you've been, yeah. you've, been you've been you've been to Georgia Tech, right? Yeah, every year, pretty yeah. every other year, I go and make that you, trip. You ever eat at varsity? Couple times, my Blue my bird. spot those Rios Bluebird for brunch is the really? best. Oh, wow. Rios, you check it for brunch. That's where that's my spot in the A every time. Okay, okay. So we're we trying. Might, to we make, might need a brunch spot, man. So yeah. well, we're trying to make uh, Dol- our boy Dolphin Derek. So we see him on the, on the chat right now. But we've been trying to figure out. We're trying to go to Capitol Grill, trying to do some different things. But you can't have more than like seven people because I guess mm-hmm. the COVID situation. Like man, like we got a bunch of people that want to go to dinner, but. Might have yeah. to cut some people out. <laughs> Be like, sorry, man. They let we couldn't date that many people. So it's a short list. It's a short list for this. You already know. So listen, Danny, talk talking That's about that. Atlanta, man. We got a uh we got an opportunity to kind of shock college football. And, and I say that in a way where I feel Miami, like you said, after that 98, that you know, and I think that was the best thing that happened to the program is you know, pushing that game to the end because of you know, obviously it was national like you know disaster with the hurricane george and, and how to get moved back but you saw after that 98 game 99 came in again starting to build then that 2000 season came you saw obviously the one loss to washington kind of ran the table oh one was where it was oh two obviously the, the you know the loss to uh ohio state the fiesta bowl like i really feel like this is the year miami kind of makes that same run and again, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but again, and I've said this multiple times, Alabama doesn't make or break your season no, as no. long as long as you stay competitive. You Absolutely. agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can hang around, obviously the point when they get on that charter to go to Atlanta is to win. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, if they can hang in there, I mean, I'm not one for moral victories. It's about winning. And, and like Pat Riley says, winning and misery. So um, ultimately – it's hard to say like, oh, okay, you know, if we hang close and the moral victory, but realistically versus a team like that versus a program that like that, that resembles us back in the day, you know, hanging around, staying competitive, of course, would be the key. And if you never know, the Eric King puts on that Superman cape, quarterbacks like the Eric that can move around, that can throw the ball, can, you know, have some elusiveness, have given Alabama problems when they have lost. Those are the kind of guys they lose to, those kind of quarterbacks. So, I mean, he puts on a Superman cape where it's a one-possession, two-possession game late in the fourth quarter. Who's to say that, you know? Yeah. What do you, We've seen what crazier do you, things happen, that's for sure. What do you see from Alabama as far as pretty much bringing a whole new offense in? Because, again, you lose Matt Jones. You lose Najee Harris. You lose Jalen Waddle. You lose uh, Devontae Smith. You lose Alex, Alex Leatherwood. You lose uh, Dickerson. Like, you're really replacing a bunch of guys on offense – Obviously, Miami's defense. I plus, don't Sarke- like, plus Sarkeesian and now Bill yeah. O'Brien coming in. But now, if you had somebody like a Rousseau or a Phillips kind of on our edges, I, I would feel a little bit more confident. But I do think that Miami's defense is kind of a mature defense now where, again, you have DeAndre Stevenson coming from Tennessee, who's already seen Alabama multiple times. Um, believe it or not, this is just – this is me. I think Zach McLeod is going to have a breakout season – putting his hand in the ground, right? Again, it's how does our interior line go against and help? Because obviously you and I probably would agree, and I think, Bird, you probably agree with this. Our linebackers are probably our weakest unit with our defense, right? So 
how does our front front four, maybe front five, how does that help our, our linebackers? That, that, that's the question. I mean, that's that's the million dollar question ultimately. I mean, it's gonna be rough. I mean, but I think that John Ford, that big Nesta, uh Miller, Jordan Miller. I mean, those guys have stepped up in camp. Anesta finally got clearance practicing again from what I read. I mean, so that's encouraging that those guys up front can't hold up. Zach's put on. I mean, Zach looks great. I mean, I don't know you saw how big he's got him on in his yeah. interviews and stuff, but, I mean, he looks great. I mean, he looks great. He's an upperclassman. He's been through everything. You know, that's that, that that's the kind of guy where you could see something go full circle. Like, we were, you know, and he just yeah is there for that crowning moment late, you yeah. know, so – you know, I would I would love to see Zach make like a, a play that either seals the game or just something for that it. entire fan base who has just been torching him all year long. Like they got to eat every word they ever said, right? Like he makes a defining play or, you know, a, a, a tackle or forces a fumble or, or gets a sack or something in a big play mm-hmm. that puts us in a position to win the game. I Absolutely. would love nothing more than that, man. For well, sure. A couple guys that I'm, I'm actually anxious to see. Again, you bring up Miller, you bring up Ford, you bring up Nesta. But again, besides Zach and, and, and uh, DeAndre Stevenson, I'm, I'm really anxious to see. Like Leonard Taylor just looks – he looks the mold. <laughs> I mean, there was a picture – we talked about this earlier. There was a picture of him sitting next to Zach McLeod, and it looked like Andre the Giant and like the Iron Sheik. Like it literally looked <laughs> that much of a difference. Like Leonard Taylor is just massive. You know, and then also Jared Harrison Hunt. Like I think that kid. That's can, another one. Again, it's it, it's it's getting the depth right because again with Alabama you're gonna have to have depth, and mm-hmm. this is where I think it's 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 ideal as well with your striker position. You have Gill now. You have Amari. Um, you you sprinkle in someone like a Chase Smith or a James Williams. Um, and, and we're gonna get to this in a minute, but like your secondary, your secondary stable. Gervin, Bubba, Tyree, Blaze, Corey, DJ, you know, and now Avante Williams. So I want to bring this up because I think it's very important that we do we do touch on this. Obviously, got got cleared, all charges got dropped. I don't know the situation. I'm gonna give like my hands to like the school, to the police department, to the state prosecutors. They said, hey, there was nothing there. Okay, there's nothing there. Bob means you bring him back, and I think that's the right thing to do. Absolutely. He brings you more depth and 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 more playmaking ability on that defense side of the ball. I mean, he, he had a mo- mo- I mean, from all the reports we read, he had a monster spring. I mean, he was. It looked like. I mean, he was pushing a even you know fight for that, a starting role back there. So getting adding that him back and getting him back. I mean, I don't know if he'll be ready for Bama, but if we can get him for ready for yeah. week two or week three in the rest of the season, I mean, that's just a miracle, so- really. Yeah, so here's my here's my thing with the Bama game with him, right? Like, you know, I love that we brought him back, right? I, I said earlier in the show that, you know, hey, I had to eat some words on, on my take on it, right? Uh, but, you know, as far as going for that, we're already a week into game planning, right? And, you know, the game plan's been been written. Uh, it's been installed. It's being installed this week. You know, he can play, but he's let's, – let's put this way. I, I would be shocked if he was starting or played any uh-huh. kind of a significant role defensively. He may see some special teams action and – uh you know, he may – if the a game swings one way or the other. Yeah, you know, he may be able to jump in on a package, like you said, or something. But I can't see him, you know, start you know, with a major starting role. I think we're starting with Bubba and Gervin. And, 
you know, that's I think that's pretty set in stone. <laughs> and that's fine. Having Bubba and Gervin is no, you know, that's that's yeah. no chop liver. I mean, those guys are ballers. I mean, you know, you know Gervin's an, a, another guy who we talk about. You know, like a guy who's like ready to to see his you know his star start start shining, right? You know, I mean, he hasn't been awful here, but he hasn't really stood out and, and raised to his you know, his talent. I mean, Alabama wanted him. All these schools wanted him when he came out. And I think he might have even been a five in a couple of recruiting recruiting services. I can't think that far back on it right now. But, uh, you know, he's another guy who could be primed to just break out, you know, like, you know, one of those guys like, you know, Harley breaks out last year after, you know, being somewhat mediocre his first few years. Absolutely. So. And what getting coached up by T Rob too doesn't yeah. help either. Yeah, I mean that helps a lot. I mean, excuse me, yeah. that helps yeah, a lot. T Rob, you know, bringing his his philosophies and you know going from Banda to him. I, I think that you know those yeah, guys are, are primed to to step up. I, I really believe it. I mean, we we're, we're assembling a, you know a little no fly zone here. Yeah, and, yeah. and moving forward too into next year and all. I mean, we're le- legit trying to become DBU again, which is amazing. I'm telling you, look, you get Chris Graves, uh, Tyron Figgins, Marquise Williams. We're still in play for uh, – oh, yeah, you, but you got Kamari – you got Kamari Rogers. Now, you're still in play for Kamari, uh, Kamari Wilson. Singletary. Uh, Singletary. And um, who's the other one that we were talking about? Um, I thought we were talking about someone earlier. But Singletary and, and uh, uh, Kamari Wilson. Like, mm-hmm. bro, those are, those are legitimate five-star guys out there. So, yep. we'll see. Now, what does Miami have to do on the offensive side of the ball? Obviously, Bam is going to be stacked on D. They probably got the best linebacker trio – that probably could be playing in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. How does Miami compensate? Obviously, again, I feel like this is probably the best old line that Miami's had, you know, in, in, a, in a long time, right? So what is it going to take for Miami's old line to give Derrick King a little bit of opportunity? And what does Derrick King need to do in order to pick apart that defense? I think personally he's got to get the ball out quick. I mean, they got to literally – I mean, he's got to know his reads, know where he's going with that ball and, and get rid of it quickly. I think time is of the essence, especially, you know, the reports are – it looks like Zion Nelson's going to be ready to go, but that's been kind of up in the air. So it's – and and, and ha- him having missed a couple weeks at camp and conditioning, is he ready to go up against uh, Will Anderson Jr.? I mean, that that guy is one of the Let's best friends in America. Oh, yeah, they- their their entire O line is or their entire D line is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. To, to me, it's it's real simple on offense, right? I agree with you. You got to get it get it out quick, but you got to get it out smart. You can't turn the ball over, man. Like that Absolutely. is gonna that's gonna be like if we get in there and, and you know we start forcing things and and making mistakes and fumbling and and throwing throwing interceptions, that's gonna be the kiss of death for us, right? If we can control the ball, even you know we we need to be able to get in there and dictate the pace of the game, and you know. I think that's yeah. the key to winning, man. Dictate we, we, the pace of the game and don't don't turn the ball over. Right, we definitely got to play our game, not theirs, and try to yeah. establish that early if we can to have a chance late for sure. So let, let me ask you guys this, and I'll ask you both this question. So if we see the running game isn't doing anything, right, if we see like Cam's not moving, if, if Cheney's not moving, if Knighton's not moving, do we look at going to maybe like some special packages, maybe doing like a two-back set or – and again – quick screens to the outside. Obviously, we want to get their D to kind of come up a little bit, get our speedsters on the outside a little bit. But you got to be able to have your receivers that are going to be able to block their corners and stuff as well, right? So do we think that there's any possibility of some trick formations or some – or I feel like Rhett Lashley in this game here literally just has to 
Like you've opened up that bag and literally you just pick everything in that bag and say, screw it. I was about to use an F-bomb, but I didn't. Um, say, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> this is what we're doing. We're like no holds bar. Like I don't care. Like I'm a big varsity blues like fan. Like you go five wide and run run the oompy oomp. I don't care what you do. Like you got to do something. <laughs> Dude, that's our that's our second varsity blues reference of the game. Or the, oh yeah, that's right. Of the show because I I've referenced the uh, the Bud Kilmer shot earlier. Yeah, Bud Kilmer. <laughs> so, but Danny, I mean, I mean, honestly, do you think we literally have to go? Hey, no holds bar. It is what it is. Yeah, we I mean, take our chances, right? Absolutely. You have nothing to lose. I mean, I know people are like, oh, they don't want to show this for the ACC gauntlet and this and that. I don't care. You're facing Bama. Yeah. Whatever it takes to move that football, you got to do. Whether I think, it's you, say, it I think off, you show it. Why, why wouldn't you show it? Like, look, ACC, this is our offense. This is what we're going to run. Prepare for this. You know what I mean? And then maybe you don't run that against them, right? So I think scheme, I think like scheming. This is why your coaches get paid the big bucks. Obviously, Alabama's got great coaches. They they bring in former NFL coaches. Like Saban is not, I don't want to use the right word. He's not, he's not a dummy, right? No. Obviously, when, when he was with the Dolphins, he was a dummy. But when when you can't knock the guy, his, his track record is proven, right? It's impeccable. I mean, it is. You know, he's literally the second coming of Bear Bryant. I mean, if you if you want to put it in a certain way, like he, you know, like Newt Rockney, all those guys, he literally mm-hmm. is up there in college football. He's Absolutely. a Tom. He's a Tom Brady of college football, right? We can we can all say that. Um, he knows how to game plan, and I feel like with Miami, if he knows that our our secondary is our deepest strong point, man, why wouldn't he just send those guys deep on offense and just kill us under, underneath? You know, draws, tight ends over the middles, you know, quick slants. If our linebackers, I mean, if you and I are talking about this, obviously he's already figured this out, oh, right? Boy. So. I don't know. Are you expecting? Are you expecting a blowout? Or are you expecting a close game? I go back and forth. I honestly go back and forth, and it's like part of me is like, man, we're in for one. But then, at the same time, like you said, all the guys that they've lost on offense. If there was ever a time, it's like the little perfect storm is kind of brewing. If there was ever a time to shock the world versus Alabama, I totally feel it's this year, and yeah. especially so early in the season, week one. I mean. You can't ask for a better, you know, opportunity to play them. Yeah, I think it's now. I mean, I think the time is now. If we're going to do it, I mean, it's it's the perfect opportunity. But to answer your question, as far as scores and stuff, I I can't put my finger on it. Like, I want to say we're going to win, obviously, and I believe in those kids. They're busting their, you know, their tails off at camp. But they're in for, we're in for one for sure. I mean, it's going to be interesting nonetheless. So. One thing that Bird and I were talking about, obviously we play at 3.30. I mean, it, it would be great if Miami just shocks the world, right, beats Alabama. I'm still debating whether or not if I storm the field because I, I just don't know if I will or not. But, man, like Georgia Tech plays Northern Illinois at 7.30. I would literally roll right into Bobby Dodd Stadium wearing all orange and green and just talking so much trash. You know what I mean? Throwing, throwing that you up all over the place. For real. But Charlotte ain't too far. Hey, Charlotte ain't too far from Atlanta either. I even thought about going to Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Georgia and, and Clemson. Yeah. So check this. We're gonna we got one more break here. We'll, we're up against the break. We'll be right back here on the Kang Gang Radio Show, chopping it up with the bird and, and my boy Danny. We'll be right back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Okay, final segment here, the second hour here on the Ken Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM. Man, Sirius XM, what a great opportunity we have and what a great platform we have to be on national radio. And as much as we like think that it's probably not a big deal, like when you think about it, Bird, we're not really, we're not a podcast. We're not, you know, kind of like we got a national radio show. That's crazy. Like a couple, couple chaches, a couple chaches over here. With, uh, take, take your mute button off. Take your mute button off. Man. There you go. Look at me go, man. This is this Bro. has not been my day, man. I'm telling you. 
Listen, I know you're thinking about like the sausage biscuit with the keto butter or whatever you're doing, but like, bro, get your mute button. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't right, man. You ain't right. I know. I'm sorry, but listen, but yeah, I got... we are blessed to do to do what we do here, man. Just a couple old guys who are, who are talking junk and oh, you know, old. Old. love the gains. Hey, you older old. than me, so I'm definitely old. <laughs> I'm old, man. I, I'm so old. I owe Jesus a nickel. How's that, one, right? So I go, I go into this Alabama game, Danny. And and again, I've already said it on air. I think Miami wins this game. I think Miami comes in. Woo! I think I think they put it up. And listen, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It ain't like you know right? I, I'm going to lose anything. But no, of course. Why, why not put you know puff my chest out? You know, with a big C A N E S on my chest. And say, look, dog, like, prove me wrong. Show me that you're going to beat me. Prove it on the field, right? And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like I said, Alabama is your first game, not conference game. You really is, it's all about like 2021 is about the ACC, about the ACC Coastal, about getting back to Charlotte, the ACC title game. And who knows? I don't see any team past Alabama that is going to stop Miami on, on paper. I, I look at maturity, leadership, talent, like who they have coming back. You, again, everybody wants to talk about that North Carolina game. And, again, I keep telling people, you lose Carter, you lose Williams, you lose Newsom, you lose Brown, you lose Surratt. Like, you lost a lot of people on that North Carolina team. And, and I still don't think that they're 35-point better team than we were last year. I just think that we came into that game and kind of laid flat. I mean, I don't know if it was the uniforms. I don't know what the issue was. <laughs> but, like, you know, I know they look good, but they didn't play good. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, you know, again, if you look at the after the Alabama game, and we said this earlier, you got App State. I think Miami wins by 21. You have Michigan State. Miami wins by probably 17. You have Central Connecticut State. I'm not going to even put a spread on that one. Then you have Virginia. The kids better be playing that game. Bro, 100%. I would be playing DVD, uh, TVD, Jake Garcia. I would be yeah. playing all my young guys, right? So then you follow that up with a Thursday night game against Virginia. Thursday night at the Rock, man, you can't get no better than that, right? Primetime, 7.30, let's, you know, I think Miami's probably a double-digit, you know, favorite for that game. Then you have a week off before you go to Carolina. You know, you literally have, we all know the story, what happens after bye weeks with the University of Miami, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like, this shouldn't be the same, you know, Miami team coming off bye weeks. We saw that after, you know, the Duke game, the FIU game, you know, all that other blah, blah, blah. Like you've seen growth, you've seen from six and seven to eight and three to I feel like this year potentially eleven and one if you exclude that Alabama game. And honestly, probably like the Botech or the Pitt game, those games shouldn't even be close. They they shouldn't be. What do you what do you think about the schedule? I agree. I mean, if you really look at the schedule on paper, I mean, we, we say this often, but if you really look, study this Miami group, this this group right now, I mean. I don't see many teams that have the overall depth that we have. I don't, I don't, I really don't, not on our schedule at least, other than yeah. week one. I mean, and Carolina, I know that Mac Brown's done a heck of a job recruiting over there. And they've, they, they've done some things for being Carolina. I mean, that's a basketball school. It's always been. And, and look at what they're doing now in football. I mean, it, they definitely deserve some credit. But when it's all said and done, I don't see Carolina having the roster from top to bottom, especially with the veteran leadership, the amount of upperclassmen that Miami currently has that are going to hold the younger kids accountable. And even coming out of bye weeks, I don't see the a guy like De'Aaron King. I don't see him letting the offense slip up on a bye week. It's like, guys, we're staying locked in. No, don't get the pats in the back on campus. Like, we got to stay tunnel vision here because, like, legitimately at that point, 
especially if they do what you want them to do and beat Alabama week one. I mean, there's a lot on the table going into that game, like serious playoff implications possibly. Yeah, and you know, if you, Bert, we talked about this, right? You you beat Alabama. App State's already coming in here thinking they're going to beat you anyway, right? Like your head has got to be focused. I mean, that's I, – I don't even know how to say this in prefaces, but like you can't beat Alabama and then get shot by App State. Yep. Like that literally just ruins your season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, at least like everybody's aware of it. it's being talked about everywhere, right? You know, we we do do the unthinkable, right? Which, look, I'm picking us to win too, because guess what? I can. And you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, right? Big deal. But uh, we do the unthinkable and we pull off that. You know, that's all you always say. Don't fall into the trap. Don't fall into the trap. Don't fall into the trap, right? So I think we'll be focused, right? We win that game. We're going to come back out. We're going to be focused and we're not going to take App State lightly. And, you know, we should, the way this schedule sets up, we win that Alabama game, we should run the table. There's there's no way that we should be, that you that you don't go and you beat the best program in the in the country, you know, the best program over the past decade, and you don't walk into the rest of your games favored the rest of the year. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's a legitimate, you know, uh, position to be in when, and it's hard, right? Because obviously Miami's going to be, they're, they're 14th going into the game. Alabama's ranked one. You know, again, I, I always feel like Miami gets shafted. Even though you say you beat Alabama, I still don't think they put Miami ahead of Alabama. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I feel like. I, I think they, you got they, to in that, in that spot, man. But, I don't know. What do you think, Danny? Do you think if you beat out, I mean, being that you far jump back, You beat, you beat Bama, you got to jump them. Yeah. Pending what happens, obviously there'll be teams still ranked ahead of us. Clemson or Georgia, the yeah. winner of that game will stay ahead of us and whatnot. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Like, you know, but but you, we got to jump Bama if we beat them. I mean, we yeah. have to. I mean, seven eight, like us seven them eight kind of kind of deal, right? And then you just climb up for the rest of the year and let okay. let everybody so, else in front of you lose. <laughs> so let me ask you this: when we played when we played LSU, we were ranked eighth, and I, I believe they were twenty fifth or something like that. I mean, they were pretty yeah. at the end of the top twenty five. Like, didn't we go like almost out of the top twenty-five? Like, yeah, was, I, I, yeah. The way we played that game, I see why. <laughs> but, but I'm saying, rough, right? Man. Like that was rough. But I mean, you dropping like literally, you dropped almost like sixteen spots. You know, why does Alabama? If they get beat, why do they only drop? I mean, again, you're you're a nineteen and a half point favorite. This is the thing that bothers me about preseason rankings, right? Because I'm not a big proponent of it. I think you really should start ranking teams. After week three, after week four, because again, you're already giving guys like just accolades before they even play the game. Right? Mm-hmm. There is history. I can understand that. Hey, we've been here. We're consistent. And again, it's always your top five teams: Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and maybe trickle in somebody else. So at the end of the day, man, Miami's got to be able to learn how to get back up at that upper echelon. Yeah. Something. So- Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Danny. Go ahead, Danny. I was going to take it somewhere else, so go ahead. Something that bothers me with the rankings, especially the preseason rankings, and I know that they don't really have much to go off, so they got to go off the previous year a lot, but there's things that happen in the offseason. You know, do they take into, into account for Miami a guy like Tyreek Stevenson coming here or DeAndre Johnson from Tennessee coming here? They don't take into account certain things, changes, you know, defensive schemes. Things that, that in the offseason, you know, that, that will propel you into that regular season, they don't take a lot of those things, I feel, into account. And they're like, oh, this is the most experienced quarterback. This is the most experienced that. And that's fine. But there's younger kids. There's situations, I think, 
that I agree with Cole. I think you shouldn't really rank a team till week three, week four, till you really know who's who and what's what. Yeah. yeah. Bro, go ahead. So, you know, one thing I've been thinking of, I think that this is the year that we see a little bit of not so much a power shift to the top, but we see maybe one or two other programs that get into it, right? You know, because everybody's talking about the big four right now, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, right? And I think all those guys are susceptible in certain ways, right? I mean, other than I think you, you pretty much know what you're getting with Oklahoma, right? Because almost all their, their team is back. But the rest of those guys have, you know, they have some soft spots in them. You know, Ohio State's bringing in a brand new quarterback. Um, you know, Bama's turning over a bunch of their people and going over to all the new talent that they have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, another another team that I'm super high on, um, I think Iowa State's the best, best team in the Big 12, man. They have serious players on that team, and they are very well coached, man. On that with the Mac, with Matt Campbell, I agree. I agree on that. They definitely have a. They, they got a nice little squad. They definitely yeah. do. But I mean, you know, who's to say that a Miami or an Ohio, or excuse me, a Miami or an Iowa State can't slip in there this year and and create some noise? And it doesn't mean they're going to win it all because you know, look those those top like five programs in the country. I mean, they they are you know stockpiled with with five star talent, right? And they mm-hmm. just have endless talent. But the good news for us is, I really started seeing to to build a depth back into the roster, which is why you know I think I think we can make the playoffs this year. But you know, once we once we get there, I don't know if I could see us winning one game, let alone two games, to to win the whole thing, right? But you know, can we get in there? Absolutely. Even if even with the loss to Bama, you can get in there. But that goes all into process, though. People like we live in such a microwave society that people want, especially Miami fans, like we want to turn around immediately because it's been so long since the winning days. But it's all process. If we win the ACC, that's the first step. You know, let's keep building on that. I don't think that everything is all title or bust. Like, I don't think we're in a position to honestly say that like Hurricane fans. We look at each other ourselves in the mirror and be like, do we really think that Miami's going to go win a national title? I want them to. We all want them to. But they don't have to to have a successful season. It's like we said earlier, when we first started, 98, 99, you know, and you got to build. Clemson yeah. did it. Dabo yeah. Sweeney had to fire defensive coordinators, all kinds of stuff. People forget Clemson came to Miami, um, I think it was Sammy Watkins' freshman year. They came here and they played West Virginia. And they got West Virginia. They're still scoring. They're still <laughs> scoring. Geno Smith was the QB. He, 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 he literally they scored. They scored for 70. They scored like 70 points that game. It was insane. Yeah, he literally had to fire <laughs> the entire defensive staff, bring in Brent Venables and all these different guys. And it was process, process, yeah. you know. So I'm, I'm, I've, all, I've always been a big proponent to that. Even like with the Rick days when we, you know, started and then it fell apart on him. But – I kept telling everybody, give you know, it's 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 all about building levels, you know, the, the foundation and just going up, up, up. Two, three years, we might be in the title game, and we then we are expected to win it, but it's that process, which to me is the key thing. Well, that's why I feel like Manny's doing the right things, right? Obviously, last year, uh, well, two years ago with Danny knows the offense just wasn't working. You fire him, you bring in, you know, a Red Lashley to kind of run your offense. Contrary to what people think, I, I still think Manny had his hand in the defense. You can blame Big Baker, you know, Blake Baker and Banda and all those guys all you want, but I'm sure Manny still had his hand in that defense. Now you have nobody to blame. Now it's literally all on you. So if your defense fails, then that's on you. But at least you're doing the right thing. You brought in originally like like uh, 
T. Will, you know, obviously he left and went to Central Florida. But, you know, you bring in a strong linebacker coach, things like that. You bring in a T-Rod. I wasn't really sold on the whole DVD Mike Rump, you know, transition, but it's working, right? So, again, you got to give him time because, again – I'm a big DVD guy, by the way. I'm a big DVD guy and a big fan, and I I think eventually he's a head coach in college football. He's just starting young, but I'm a big – So, I I love DVD. I've loved DVD since, you know, his playing days at Miami – Obviously, coming out of pace, I just my personal opinion is I just don't feel like you get your first coaching job at a Power Five school like University of Miami. Makes you know, sense. you look you look at guys like Leonard Hankerson who've been up in Massachusetts, and mm-hmm. you know, like kind of going through the ranks, right? Like you work your way up through the lower divisions to kind of get to. I think you know the the DVD thing was kind of just handed to him in a good way, right? I think you know he was blessed um, in order to get that position, being kind of groomed by T-Rob, but we don't need somebody who's a groom, like being groomed. I want somebody who's out there who can coach these cats up. But T-Rob's over there, and he's going to do what he's going to do. And I can see potentially T-Rob becoming probably the D.C., um, depending on what happens after this season. There's a lot that can happen, man. I, like you said, to me, you got to build. you got to step on you know, the ladder. you got to climb, run, run, run. This is the year I think Miami legitimately wins the ACC Coastal. You go to You go to Charlotte. And again, you're you're gonna end up playing Clemson. You know, I don't think there's another team on, on the Atlantic side that is an even like within 20 points of, of Clemson. I could be wrong, but I, I don't see anybody within 20. You know, I'm excited to see. You know, we, I have I have a good buddy of mine, John Pertle, and I'm, he might be listening, he might not, but big FSU fan. Um, you know, the whole FSU situation. Like, I don't see them winning. If you look at the ACC, there might be a handful of teams who are even at. that are above 500 like I just I think the ACC is so down right now like no team like that from Miami I think scares me right definitely it doesn't like so Bird we we talk about that FSU Notre Dame game obviously following the Miami Alabama game I think the Clemson Georgia game is gonna be phenomenal maybe go to a sports bar maybe go back to the hotel go to a restaurant and watch that game because I think that's gonna be a superb matchup you'll be able to see how Clemson is I have Georgia winning that game uh, again, you don't you don't have you know Trevor Lawrence. You don't have Travis Etienne. And and again, as much as people think that Trevor Lawrence was this you know god of college football, he literally did the same thing Dorsey did: throw five yard swing passes, throw quick little slants. Eli Rogers, you know, even like now Justin Ross is back, but all their playmakers, you know, they're the ones that did all the work. Not Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he made some plays here and there with his legs, but for the most part. Again, it's the same thing Dorsey did when he was at Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, just he was a facilitator, right? Get so the ball I, out. Don't yeah. turn it over. Well, and that's why I think you were going earlier talking about Dorit. Like, I think you really have to be that facilitator. Get the ball out quick. Make the smart read, like Bird said. You know, make the right read. Make the accurate read. I wouldn't mind seeing like a bubble screen. You know, but you pump it, and then maybe a guy curls and takes off deep. You catch the safety coming forward. You hit him over the top for a 60, 70 yard, you know, touchdown. Like that, that that's a game changer. Like that mm-hmm. really is a game changer. Bro, I should be an OC. I like, I love, I'll get me on that Tecmo Bowl, bro. I'm, I'm a killer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but that's definitely true. It's about putting these kids in positions to succeed. Enough of putting them in positions to fail. Let's put them in positions to succeed. Let's find roles for them. Not everybody has to be a superstar. Like there's roles for guys that you can do things with and get creative. I mean, there's so much speed on the field on Miami's offense. It's crazy. It's like literally crazy. I mean, look at a guy like the rooster. No one's talking about him. That kid is dynamic in his own way. I mean, you put that kid in the open open space. I mean, he can run for days. 100%. Well, 
speaking of open days and you know we uh we're open we're we're closing we're closing shop bird we got to uh closing time closing time so look uh appreciate everybody listening we did our two hours here on the can game radio show tune in next week catch us on uh slam radio channel 145 on sirius xm catch us on spotify apple Podcasts, all your platforms appreciate uh paul from scoop on the u uh ross uh north 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 fresh up there and then especially our boy d man so thank you for joining us tonight Thank and, you for uh, having me, guys. I appreciate you. Keep up the good work. I'm proud of you, boys, man. Keep it up. Always. Appreciate it, man. Keep Everybody have a, weekend. have a great weekend, man. We'll holler at you guys later. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.